You're listening to the Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, you could arguably say this is our best side on paper for the year. Absolutely. Yeah, a couple of big ins there, mate. Oh, three, really. Uh, you know, it was Heppel back. Uh, you know, and all reports are that he's done an absolute mountain of work to get back to fitness and back into the squad. So uh, what aren't happen, it'll certainly be a sight for sore eyes to see him out there. Uh, but obviously uh, Hurley and Draper come back into the squad as well. So, yeah, it'll be huge and it looks like a strong squad to go out against uh, West Coast uh, on Tuesday night. And all the talk this week or since our last game has been centred around Joe Danaher. Would he play? Would he not? Um, obviously the club's decided that he's right to go and they said they managed his minutes last week. I think he played around 80% of the game time. But with the shortened games... They feel he's ready to play in a do-or-die game, really, against the Eagles. Yeah, and, I mean, you listen to Joe Danaher speak after the match, and he was saying that his body feels good and he feels fresh and fit enough to play. So it is good that, uh, you know, he is able to sort of get up, because I guess that was going to be the test, wasn't it? Like, Because it's not only to play one game of footy, uh, can he back it up? Is his body able to sort of recover in that amount of time? And certainly it's only three days, really. Uh, that he's uh, had to sort of recover. So it's really promising sign to see him be able to get up to play. And look, as much as I guess the conservative approach would be to say, no, 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 we'll keep you out this match and um, sort of manage you so you can play against Geelong. Um, really, I, th- I think, um, you know, with the outs that West Coast have, uh, they're potentially gettable and we'll definitely need all their guns on the park if we're to be a chance. So, um, yeah, really promising science to see uh, Danaher and let's hope we can, um, yeah, really give him some good opportunity to do what he does best. Yeah, and uh, Sammy Draper's back, which is great because I, I feel like he's a real up-and-comer and it'll be interesting to see him and Nat Nui go against each other. But, um, yeah, you had to feel for Phillips because I, I thought he was really good last week. But, yeah, I can understand why the club didn't want to play a second ruckman. Yeah, I guess you could understand that. I mean, really against uh, West Coast, you could like you could understand why they would play two rucks. I mean, uh, Bailey Worms, obviously uh, another sort of up-and-coming uh, tool for them. Uh, you know, you've got Oscar Allen as well. So, um, like, Oscar Allen's obviously that full forward that they're going to be hitting up, um, along with Jack Darling. So they've got a lot of tools around the ground, so you could see why Phillips might have been handy, but they've gone on the balance of the squad itself, and they're going to be backing in our big blokes to, uh, you know, make the contest uh, a bit more difficult for them, because uh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, with them playing Williams and Allen and obviously um, Nick Nat, they'll probably stretch us a bit, so I think really, while a few of us might have been hoping for Hooker to be up forward, uh, you know, it looks like he'll probably be uh, sticking down back. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll see uh, what happens uh, yeah, in the game to come. Yeah, I don't know about that because uh, I heard an interview today with Hooksy and, uh, you know, not that he said directly, but I feel like he's going to play forward and I think that's why Zerk Thatcher kept his position in the job, in the side, sorry. Um, yeah, I think they 
want to go and see how Hurley and Zerk Thatcher square up down back and uh, try to stretch the Eagles. Uh, obviously, the big player we're going to watch down there, uh, who was kind of nullified last week, uh, was uh, McGovern. And you know, if, if we just bomb the ball into the West Coast Eagles forward line, uh, sorry, into our forward line this week, uh, watch for him to take an AFL record uh, amount of marks because... He's very good at mopping up uh, balls that are just kicked down there. So I hope that um, you know we've done a bit of work uh, with our players, uh, you know, teaching them not to just bomb it in there because that'll suit him to a T. And uh, last week he just he hardly took a mark. I, th- I think it was late in the third, uh, third or in the last before he took his first mark. So uh, let's hope the bombers are ready for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's probably not a bad call, mate. And it is uh, Hooker's 200th game for the club, uh, which is a fantastic effort for him. So let's hope, uh, you know, whether he plays forward or back, uh, he really enjoys his 200th game. And with, uh, look, let's hope a a big bomber victory over the Eagles. Yeah, all right. Well, why don't we go through the side, mate, uh, that's just been named. Beautiful. So out, we have Phillips, Ham and Redmond. Uh, and as I said, in comes skipper Dyson Heppel, Michael Hurley, and Sam Draper. So if I go from the full back line, so we've got Marty Gleeson, Michael Hurley, Brandon Zerk Thatcher. Half backs, we've got Jordan Ridley, James Stewart, and Adam Saad. Interesting to see Stewart uh, named down back there, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, centres, we've got Parrish, McGrath, and Langford. Half forward line of Snelling. Hooker and Mosquito. Forward line of Smith, Danaher, and Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, with the followers of Draper, Shield, and Heppel. Off the bench, you got Zach Merritt, Mac Guelphie, Dylan Clark, and Jake Stringer, with the emergencies of Phillips, Redmond, Ham, and Townsend. Yeah, so obviously all three guys who were admitted have been named uh, as emergencies, so obviously they weren't too far away from a game. But quite understandable with the caliber of player coming into the side, so uh, I think the club realizes this is make or break, and we have to try and bank this one. Uh, it's going to be very difficult. West Coast are a good side, and they're not in a position where they can drop games. They're they're outside the four at the moment. They they'll be aiming to get back in there, so they're not going to make it easy for us. Um, why don't, before we discuss any more about the game, do you want to read the Eagles side out, mate? Yeah, mate. So uh, the outs for them, a few big ones. Uh, so you got Jamie Cripps, Jared Brander, Josh Kennedy, and Nick Reed. Uh, but into the side come Jack Redden, Jackson Nelson, Lewis Jetta, and Oscar Allen. So if I go from their fullback line, so you've got Tom Cole, Tom Brass, Brad Shepard, halfbacks of Shannon Hearn, Jeremy McGovern, and Lewis Jetta. Centres of Liam Duggan, Dom Sheed, and Andrew Gaff. Half forward line of Jack Redden, Jack Darling, and Liam Ryan. Full forward of Bailey Williams, Oscar Allen, and Brendan Archie. Followers of Nick Nat, uh, Tim Kelly, and Luke Shuey. On the bench, they've got Xavier O'Neill, Jackson Nelson, Mark Hutchings, and Jack uh, Josh Rotham. With the emergencies of Jared Brander, Tom Hickey, Will Schofield, and Jared, uh, Jared Cameron. Yeah, so that's a pretty formidable side that we're playing against, even without Josh Kennedy. 
Uh, their midfield in particular is really going to push us and um, we'll, we'll know how good our midfielders are on the day because uh, when you talk about players like uh, Yo and Gaff and um, Shuey um, and also Tim Kelly uh, and put them up with uh, Nick Nat, it uh, makes it very tough. So around the ball, uh, Andy McGrath, Dylan Shield, uh, Zach Merritt and, of course, the returning Dyson Heppel, if he plays in the midfield, um, they're going to have to have a pretty big game. So it's a pretty tough initiation back into the senior side for Dyson Heppel. It is, mate. But um, so fortunately, uh, Elliot Yo isn't playing uh, for the Eagles. He didn't didn't get up, um, which is a big plus for us. So this is why I, I sort of think they're gettable. Um, you know, uh, Cripps especially. He's uh, he's one that's often given us quite a bit of pain. He's he's one of those. You know, goal-kicking mids, which are, you know, sort of uh, very hard to find. Um, look, obviously, it still will be a very challenging match with, uh, you know, blokes like Darling, Ryan. Even Allen, I think, will sort of test us uh, down back. I think he, um, like he's obviously got a big frame on him uh, and can take a good grab. Um, but, yeah, as you say, their, their midfield uh, just full of class. You know, Dom Sheed, Gaff. Tim Kelly, Shuey, um, all very, very talented, and um, they're, they're just uh, real competitors. You know, when we're not going to get an easy ball out of there. So as you say, they they really need to be on from the get go. Uh, so let's hope the boys are, are up to the task. Yeah, it's going to be very tough. Um, all right, so Jack Darling, does Michael Hurley get the gig or? Does Hooker play down back on him, or do you go with Zerk Thatcher? Yeah, I think, you know, in this instance, um, you'd probably have to go a Hurley uh, on Darling, um, because really, uh, I think Zerk Thatcher would probably be better matched up on, on Allen. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> like, Darling is, a, is obviously a very, very strong, very mobile tall and um, can certainly uh, sort of outmuscle some opponents. So I think you're going to have to need someone uh, strong to go with him. And certainly we've seen Hurley take on those roles. Uh, so, yeah, I think Hurls will take him. Um, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, that's where I'm umming and ahhing about Hooker, if he goes back or not, because um, I think Hooker's our best lockdown defender. But as you say, Darling's quite agile and probably... A lot more mobile, mobile in um, Kale Hooker, so that's why. But then when you named um, Stewart on that halfback, uh, as, as the Essendon side did, you start to think, are we too tall if we go Stewart, Hooker, Danaher, all down there? Um, you know, so it's going to be very interesting how we match up. I think Hurley has to go with Darling at first, and I think you're quite right. Zerk Thatcher on Oscar Allen or the other resting tall, whoever's going to be uh, down there. Um, for the Eagles, who's going to man up on Joe Danaher? Danaher, that'll be interesting. I mean, uh, you'd think McGovern uh, would sort of get that task, given he reads the ball so well. Uh, he's quite a competitor, so I don't think he'd allow Joe to get uh, too much easy ball. I think, you know, Hearn uh, just wouldn't have the reach to go with him, uh, and I'd think the same thing for sort of Bar- uh, Barras. 
Um, so, yeah, I think McGovern would get that task. And really, Joe is going to need the support of um, all the other forwards around him because uh, McGovern is a very smart player. He'll push you under the ball and uh, and stuff if, you, if he's able to do it. Uh, so I think, you know, the other forwards are going to have to be smart around uh, their body positioning to allow Joe to uh, sort of run and jump at the footy uh, and hopefully kick a few goals for us. Yeah, I think Barras will get Danaher. I think uh, McGovern will be the third man up, and that's the role he loves to play. So I wouldn't be surprised if McGovern goes with, like, well, loosely checks Stringer up forward and then leaves Stringer to provide double coverage on Joe Danaher. That's just the way I read it at the moment. But um, as you say, AMT and Irving Mosquito, uh, if they're buzzing around, uh, so to speak, and pardon the pun, but um, if they can help uh, when the ball does get to the ground, and uh, we've talked about this a lot, as long as we don't bomb it into our forward line uh, and suit uh, the Eagles, and in particular Jeremy McGovern, uh, we'll be we should be okay, and that's why I'd like to see us really hit up our targets like we did in the second half of uh, last week's game, uh, or send a ball a chaos ball, and chaos balls, um, you know, where they just get rushed in low, uh, they can be, manufacture a lot of goals. So I hope the club's been doing a bit of work on that because uh, the bombing at all will just be. A, a misery night for the Bombers, I think. Yeah, mate. As you say, you know, Hearn and McGovern are too smart as defenders. Um, you know, they'll they'll lap that ball up all night. And uh, they've both got really penetrating kicks as well. So, you know, if they do get their footy, uh, it's a pretty sure bet that they'll pump it long into their forward line. And they've got some, some big marking targets down there. So, obviously, Darling, Allen, Williams, but also, you know, flying Liam Ryan and... Um, you know, and even if, uh, you know, they don't mark the footy, they've got blokes like Lewis Jetta. Now, Lewis Jetta is not only a, a super fast athlete, but he is a beautiful kick of the footy. Uh, so if we allow him his run uh, and able to use the ball uh, as he sees fit, he's going to chop us up in the middle there. So we're going to have to be on from the get-go. Uh, and that's not even mentioning, you know, Sheed, Gaff, um, who are quite good users of the footy as well. So uh, Kelly's yeah, another one. So yeah, Ka- oh, absolutely. And um, you know these these guys and Shuey, he's another goal kicking mid. Um, they're, they're the sort of ones that really scare me um, because we can't go in half hearted at a contest because these blokes will rip it out. Um, no worries, and they're good users of the footy. All of them. Um, so, yeah, we we can't be that sort of five ten meters off our man this game. Like, if if we lose our structures like we did against Hawthorne, um, they won't give us a chance to get back into the game. Uh, that's the thing that really worries me, because you know, to be quite honest with you, as bad as we played in that first half, it was only because Hawthorne weren't able to capitalize on that that we were still in with a sniff. Um, you know, going to the halftime break. I think if we play like that against West Coast, they'll uh, really put us to the sword. And um, yeah, it can, it can be uh, get pretty dangerous pretty quickly. Yeah, well, you just hope the boys got a lot of confidence in that second half. Um, I think 
that's what I'm hoping for. I, I think now they realise that they've seen the game plan that they um, have talked about so often uh, coming off. And I think it's important to note we didn't do it with all those handballs that they tried to do in the first half. It was when they had to handball as well as long kicks to their targets. And that's the thing I hope they learn the most out of that is that it's not just all one way. It can't be all just handballs. It's got to be uh, handball and then get space and then use your footy and hit up targets because that's what the good sides do and that's what we have to do to become a good side. Absolutely, mate. All right, well, um, we'll have a break, mate, and uh, we'll come back with our Remember When segment. You're listening to the Don's Cast, and we always do our Remember When segment. Mate, where are we going back to? Well, for me, mate, I'm going back to round 11, 2007. How about yourself? Well, I'm going a bit further back than that. I'm going round 16, 1993, the beginning of the Sheedy Jacket Wave. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, well, I'll get proceedings underway, mate. So 2007, um, look, obviously it would eventually call to an end, the, the Sheedy era at the Essendon Football Club. Uh, and it also saw club legend uh, James Hurd hang up the boots um, and while we all loved Sheeds and his antics, the lack of success for this team meant the fans were beginning to tire of Sheedy's selection methods and coaching. And it was another mediocre season on the park after we won three of our first four games in the season before losing our next three. Um, we got back into the mix winning in rounds 9 and 10 to have a 6 and 4 uh, going into round 11 versus West Coast. But look, with West Coast on the other hand, under John Worsfold at the time, uh, they looked very good, and they won their first 8 of 10 matches and were sitting on top of the ladder by round 11. And look, West Coast came out firing like the top side they were in that first quarter with the first four goals of the match to Hearn, Brown, Hunter and Prittis before we finally got on the board when Hurd roved the ball from a hill tap and handballed beautifully into space to allow Stanton to run onto it, who passed it to Peveril, who handballed back to Hurd, who stopped and propped and hit up Scotty Lucas in the forward 50 to kick our first goal. It was all West Coast for the rest of the quarter though, and we were lucky to be only 20, 29 points down as they missed plenty of opportunities, leading us 5 goals 5-35 to our 1 goal straight. The second quarter started a bit better though, when Scott Camparelli roved the ball beautifully out of the ruck in the forward 50 from Jason Laycock to slam through our second goal of the match. West Coast got the two next goals though, and things were looking pretty worrying as they led by 36. Then, Jason Windelick got the ball on the wing and delivered it beautifully to Hurd, who took the mark and handballed back to Windelick, who continued his run to kick it into the forward line, where Scott Camparelli was the beneficiary of a free kick, and he slotted his second. The Eagles looked to be pressing forward for another goal, but Dustin Fletcher mopped up the ball at half-back and handballed to Hurd, who had a run through the middle and pinpointed a pass to Lloyd at the top of the 50, straight in front, where he took the grab and went back to kick the goal to bring their lead back to 23 points. We kept attacking, and when Peveril got the ball from Fletcher at half-back, 
He had a run along the wing and took a couple of bounces before kicking the ball inside 50, where a big grab that crunched Scotty Lucas was taken by Jason Lakehock about 45 metres out on the angle, and he kicked the goal to have the crowd up and about. Lynch got a goal back for the Eagles before Watson pumped the ball to a contest inside 50 from a clearance, which was roved by Froggy Davey, who kicked through a class goal. We were just 18 points down at that stage of the match, but after goals to Lacroix and Seabe, we ended the half 30 points down. The third quarter started promising, with Walsh kicking a beautiful long kick to Beverill, who passed the ball to McPhee, who kicked an absolute grubber toward Lucas, which Lloyd was able to crumb to kick through his second goal of the match. Then, after a goal-saving effort from Monfries, who got the ball to Mal Michael, who hit up Jason Winderlich, Winder went for a run through the middle and took a couple of bounces to then deliver the ball beautifully to Lucas inside 50 to then go back and kick it. We got a roll on, and when Monfries got the ball at halfback from Fletcher, he too had a run and pumped the ball long to Lucas, who marked it about 70 metres out. He was probably within range knowing his leg, and as he swung around on that trusty left boot of his, he kicked the ball into the goal square, which was marked one-handed by Lloyd, who was holding off Darren Glass with his other hand, and he went back to kick his third of the match and have the fans out of their seats and their lead cut to just 12 points. The Eagles had other ideas though, and they pulled away again when Lynch and Staker gold in quick succession to draw out to a 23-point lead again. We kicked back into gear though. Mark Johnson hit up Laycock beautifully out of the centre where Laycock went back and slotted it before that was followed by a huge goal from Scott Lucas who demanded the footy from Camparelli before faking a defender and then straightening up on his left to kick through an absolute beauty to the roar of the Bomber faithful to have us only 10 points down. We scored again when a hotly contested footy in our forward line finally made its way to Jason Johnson who passed to Watson who drew three defenders before releasing to Monfries who was able to kick through a classy goal and have the stadium absolutely pulsing and the Bombers within a kick. The Eagles were, uh, were able to kick one last goal that quarter though and we went into the last break 11 points down but with a wind in our sails. And we started well when jo- Jason Johnson found a totally open Jason Windelick who kicked through a goal to draw us that bit closer. And we finally hit the front not long after when Slattery marked the ball just outside 50 who handballed to Lucas who was running past who kicked the goal from about 55 metres out and the roar of the crowd was just awesome. We extended our lead to 7 points when Laycock handballed to Lucas inside 50 who shook uh, the tackle of a defender and waltzed in to kick his 5th goal of the match. There was still over 12 minutes of play left though and when Chris Judd kicked one through, followed by a behind to Rowan Jones, the scores were all locked up. David Hill kicked a point to have us in front, but the Eagles continued to press. In the last minute of the match, it was a very scrappy affair with each side trying to get the ball forward, but it was the Eagles who won the ball out of the contest in the end. And when Kerr passed to Hearn, who bombed it long into their goal square, we needed to pull out all the stops. Enter Dustin Fletcher, who released his go-go gadget arm to punch the ball out of the air and out of bounds, which was a huge effort to make sure it didn't go through for behind. 
As the ball was thrown in, the Bombers players swarmed around the ball to ensure it wasn't released, and we won the game by a solitary point to a rousing rendition of the theme song and a massive win for the club. You just saw how much it meant to the players when that siren sounded, and we'd taken the four points off the Eagles. With Jimmy Hurd getting around the boys and geeing up the crowd, it was just a fantastic moment after what had been a fantastic game. Yeah, great game, mate. I really uh, remember that one strongly, and yeah, it was a very good game, and uh, it was one that uh, brought back a lot of memories, just you uh, calling it out, and I still remember that Dustin Fletcher punch. Um, so, yeah, no, really good stuff and a good game. Beauty, take us through your game, James. All right, so my game's back in 1993. And, you know, obviously we go, we know we go on and win the flag, but in 93 it wasn't all roses for us. And by round 15, prior to this game, we are actually in seventh place. So we are outside the eight, or well, the six back then. And, um, yeah, the Eagles were six. So it was a huge game. It was at the G. And basically... Uh, whoever lost was going to find it tough uh, to, you know, with only six or seven rounds to go to hold a spot in, and it was a vital game to win. Uh, Peter Somerville kicked our first goal of the match, and then that was followed by four unanswered West Coast goals. And, you know, it looked like the reigning premiers, who were the Eagles, uh, had come to play. Fortunately... Somerville gold again, and that's unusual, mate, to see Peter Somerville kick two goals in the first quarter, <laughs> as well as um, journeyman, and a person I really love to watch um, with the long sleeves, Brad Plain, and he kicked the goal as well. Um, he was crueled by an in- injury, and apparently his work ethic wasn't always great, but he was highly talented, and yeah, Brad Plain was a was a beauty, but um, yeah, he didn't time his run well enough and wasn't selected in the 93 Premiership side. But, um, yeah, at half t- at quarter time, sorry, uh, the Eagles uh, had steadied after we drew within about four points and they got the last goal of the quarter and basically it was a 14-point game. The second quarter was a real arm wrestle. Uh, both sides both kicked three goals and it was, a, as I said, it was a nil-all draw really in terms of uh, no one made ground or took ground off each other, and scores were 54 to 43 half time, so it was really an 11 point game now. The third quarter, which they call the Premiership quarter, the Bombers did kick into gear, and they had a great quarter. They kicked five goals to two, and they took the lead. They led by 13 points, and that was due to great play from. Darren Buick. There was also that ripper mark from Gavin Wanganine. I don't know if you remember it, mate, but that's that one where uh, Peter Sumich was running towards him and he's kind of just thrown his body in there and somehow marked the mark. Um, There's a ripper of a mark and uh, showed how much courage he had. Uh, But the Bombers held the lead by 13. Now, the backdrop to this was that Paul Salmon, now full forward and you know, uh, the player that we relied on most to kick goals, um, early in the year he'd kicked 10 against Geelong. Well, he'd had an absolute shocker. He'd kick point after point, and if he wasn't kicking points, he was kicking it out of bounds in the full. 
So that's the backdrop to the last quarter. And what happened then, the Eagles just somehow kicked into gear and they overtook us. And they, they lead by about eight or nine points at one stage. And uh, there was only maybe 10 minutes to go and the Bombers had to reply, which they did. But uh, it was a very close game. And what happened was uh, Glenn Jakovic gave away a free kick with about one minute 20 to go. And it was a clear free kick. Uh, Salmon had been held on the jumper. And he took his time. So by the time Paul Salmon had a shot at goal, there was only about 30 seconds left in the game. So he had to kick it because we were down by four. And um, considering that backdrop I told you about, all those points and kicking a ball out of bounds on the full, I don't think many Essendon fans were that confident. And even if you go back and watch that YouTube clip, mate, you'll see Sheedy and he's sitting there very coy. So I don't think even Sheed's the ultimate person who really loves positivity. Um, even he was a bit weary. But um, credit to Paul Salmon. He went back, somehow put everything behind him and kicked a goal. It was a ripper goal um, you know, to put us in front. And there was still oh, 25 seconds to go. So there's enough time to for an eagle score. But uh, the Bombers forced the ball out wide and then the ball came to Mark Harvey, who had a bounce and as the siren expired. And, uh, yeah, we, we all remember Sheedy coming out of there and waving his jacket and really giving it to uh, someone. I, I, I can't recall who he gave it to, but... Um, we know that him and Mick Moldhouse weren't always the best of friends, so you'd think he had a, a cheeky uh, fight back against him, but it was a it was a ripper moment, and it you know, still carries on to this day when uh, Essendon play West Coast. Uh, usually the scarves or the jackets are waving uh, in those games. Yeah, it was an absolute ripper, mate. Um, and even, like you say, like before the, the kick of Paul Salmon... You know, everyone was nervous. You know, the, there was almost a look of utter disbelief on Paul Salmon's face himself when he actually kicked the goal. It's like, Jesus, you know, I've, I've had such a, uh, you know, Barry Crocker of a game and then uh, then he kicks the, the game winner. Um, but I actually remember like, quite a bit um, from that game, like Michael Simons, um, he was leaping at everything and, you know, halves, like he, he was just his courageous self, you know, uh, you know, throwing his body at the footy and, uh, and at every contest. It was an absolute ripper of a game. Uh, you're right, Jamie. And yeah, that, you know, that's why it's gone down in history with um, with Sheed's jacket waving. It was like such a, uh, so, I suppose, a massive result for us. And um, yeah, that's what really uh, sort of catapulted us um, into... Uh, yeah, I suppose getting that belief, you know, by the looks of it. But, yeah, what an absolute ripper of a game, Jam, and, and well told. Yeah, and here's a fun fact for you, mate. On the day, John Worswold was reported for swearing at the umpire. <laughs> now, can you believe that? <laughs> this is a guy that doesn't see anything when um, he's asked about it. Maybe he's learned his lesson too well. But, um, yeah, I, I thought... When I was reading the match report, I had to chuckle at that. That um, yeah, he uh, 
he was reported for um, yeah using bad language towards the umpire. Well, I suppose you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, you live and learn, don't you? So uh, yeah, there you go, John Worsfold the potty mouth. Who to thunk it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, mate. Well, we'll have a break and we'll come back with our match predictions. Uh, you know, this time tomorrow. The game will be starting, Essendon versus West Coast, Tuesday night football. Sounds strange just to say it. You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we wrap up the show, we do our match predictions. We still haven't got our trifecta, mate, so we keep trying. Who kicks the first goal? Oh, look, mate. Um, I... I've got to go smoking Joe. Uh, you know, whether it's a quick kick out of the centre and Joe takes a grab and kicks it through, that'll be the fairy tale. Uh, but how about you, mate? Who are you backing in? Just to catch you there, mate. I didn't know Joe Mercedes had been nice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was hanging hang on. <laughs> I missed that inclusion. Oh, look, he, you know, he's, he's probably uh, a more reliable kick of the footy, whether he's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be great to see Joey kick the first goal, I promise you. But, um, yeah, for me, I'm going to go with one of our midfielders and I'm going to go Zach Merritt. I reckon uh, he's going to get our first goal of the night. So our next one is most possessions for the Bombers. Who is your pick? Yeah, look... Uh... This one's a, a sort of tough one, um, but I think uh, you know surely Dylan Shields due for due for a big game. Like I, I think he actually played uh, you know pretty well last week, uh, and he did have a sort of more limited game time. Um, so thinking if if this is one of those games that goes down to the wire, we'll really need someone who can you know burst the lines and. Uh, get the footy going forward for us, and I think uh, you know he's due for a big one. How about you, mate? Are you backing in? Yeah, again, I can't go past Zach Merritt. He's in the purple patch of form, and even in the coaches' votes, mate, he's climbing up there. Obviously, he can't win the Brownlow. We know this because uh, of the Jack Salvani um, indiscretion. But yeah, he's come back with a wet sail, um, and he'll be right up there in the Essendon Best and Fairest again. But, um, yeah, we've both rated uh, Jordan Ridley and Andy McGrath up there as well. So, But in, in a long way of saying it, I think uh, Zach Merritt will get the most possessions for the Bombers. And lastly, who wins and by how much? Uh, look, mate, call me an optimist, uh, but I think we might sneak a win here. Uh, yeah, Probably just by a goal. I uh, don't see us having a, a big win. But I think, you know, if West Coast are gettable, uh, you know, and that they're missing some some guns from their side. They've obviously still got quite a good list out there. But I think, you know, our backs should structure up well on their forwards. Um, and so it'll really be that, that contest in the middle that will sort of decide the match because, um, look, our, our mids are actually holding up pretty well in terms of, uh, being able to get the, the clearances on. I think adding Dyson Heppel to our side will uh, definitely help that. And, uh, yeah, hopefully with Dyson Heppel in there as that sort of actual inside mid, 
he might be able to get the ball out to you know the shields and uh, and the McGraths who won't be under as much pressure if they had to collect the pill themselves. Um, and I'm thinking that might be the difference to allow us to actually sort of lower the eyes, deliver the ball better inside 50 to whether it's uh, Joe, Tipper, um, you know, Draper if he goes down forward, um, or even, yeah, if it is Hooker, Hooker up there, why, why can't he take a few grabs and kick a few goals? So um, I don't know, that's not even mentioning Jakey Stringer, who, um, you know, he'd, he'd love a, a couple of goals over the Eagles. So, look, I, th- I think we're in with a chance, so uh, I'm going to back us in. How about you, mate? Yeah, look, I've been sucked in, and I'm I'm in again. <laughs> uh, I think we can win. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's so important to us. Um, it is important to the Eagles as well, but I think you can tell by the selection that the club is really going for this win. I'm um, hoping the confidence they got from playing that second half last week spills over but we have to realize we're playing against much tougher competition this time uh the eagles are a much stronger side than the hawks so um i don't know why i've been sucked in and um but i just want to see us win and i'm going with the heart so yeah i think the bombers will win and i'm going to say by two or three goals i'll I'll say two goals just so try and get the um trifecta but uh yeah let's hope the bombers do get up uh it'll be a fantastic win and the games don't get any easier we've still got the cats and the power to come as well as melbourne uh, who are in good form themselves so really uh if we make the finals we really have deserved it yeah bloody earth mate oh i mean like the the start of the year, you know, pretty um, lamentable. But as you say, if we can, uh, you know, clock some wins up uh, in this back half of the year, playing against who we're playing against, um, it would certainly be deserved. And look, you know, I thought we were shot, you know, a few weeks ago, but there's still a glimmer of hope there. And let's hope the boys can uh, pull one out of the hat. And uh, look, any win over the Eagles is a good one. Uh, they're certainly a mob that's troubled us over the years. So. Uh, I'd love to get a big win over this, guys. Yeah, me too, mate. All right, well, until tomorrow night, go Bombers. Go Dons.